0: This message is brought to you by Capital City Baptist Church of Port Mosby. We exist to bring glory to God by knowing Christ and making Him known. If you would like to visit our church, we hold multiple services on Sunday mornings, starting at 9 a.m. We are located between Motokar Wharf and Edai Town. Pickups are available at
1: 7009-1000. Chapter 10. We'll read verses 30 down to verse 37 together. Luke chapter 10, verse 30 down to verse 37. Luke chapter 10, verse 30. And Jesus answering said, A certain man went down from Jerusalem to Jericho and fell among thieves, which stripped him of his raiment and wounded him and departed, leaving him half dead. And by chance there came down a certain priest that way, and when he saw him, he passed by on the other side. And likewise, a Levite, when he was at that place, came and looked on him and passed by on the other side. But a certain Samaritan, as he Journeyed, came where he was, and when he saw him, he had compassion on him, and went to him, and bound his wounds, pouring oil and wine, and set him on his beast, and brought him to an inn, and took care of him. And on the morrow when he departed, he took out two pence, and gave them to the host, and said unto him, Take care of him, and whatsoever thou spendest more, When I come again, I will repay thee. Which now of these three thinkest thou was neighbor unto him that fell amongst the thieves? And he said, He that showed mercy on him. Then said Jesus unto him, Go and do thou likewise. Praise God for his word.
0: All right. Good morning, church. Thank God for his faithfulness. Thank God for giving us rain. Amen. We, the place where I live, right in the heart of Port Mosby, believe me, we are not connected to Eraranu, and we depend on rain. Um, It's right in the heart of Mosby, yet so far away from um, the blessing of having water flow in the home. I thank God for his goodness and his mercy. Amen. I, I take it as a privilege and an honor to be standing here before you in Pastor Matt's pulpit. I don't crave to stand here. And when I am allowed by Pastor Matt to preach, I count it an honor. Um... I thank God for this privilege, and I don't take it lightly to be preaching at you guys this morning. It is a, a privilege for me, from the depth of my heart, to be preaching to you and me, the people whom God has given to pastor me to shepherd, and only he alone can give an account for you and I, so I must be very careful how I deliver this message to you. God has given me this privilege. And I want to share with you this morning on the story that Jesus had given. It's the parable of the Good Samaritan. We all love this story, right? When I first had this story, I was a tiny little guy. It was in Sunday school that I heard this story. And I was so encouraged to be like the Good Samaritan. To be kind, to be compassionate towards those who need it. As a small kid growing up, the moral in this story implicated my life so much to the point that I was a very kind guy when I was growing up. I mean, all my friends were not kind. I was kind. Very kind. As a teenager, I learned to manipulate people with this story and the morals that the story gave. And to manipulate them to do me favors, to give me things I wanted, you know. There were scriptures like, ask and it shall be given to you. And I manipulated that to my favor. When I needed something, i will come in, hey, give me something, and they go, no. And I said, but the Bible says you ask and it shall be given to you. I manipulated that. And this story, I also did the same thing. Without understanding What this story is all about. So I saw this story, how it was presented to me. How to be like a good Samaritan. This story is a parable. Jesus gave this parable. A parable is an earthly story that conveys a heavenly meaning. It's a story that illustrates morality. In PG, the mission will talk, I mean, talk pizza. This is a parable, but as, as I read this story, I'm, I'm thinking, this is a real story, okay? It's not something that Jesus just conjured up. Jesus saw that this was a daily occurrence. Jesus saw that this happen, happens daily in that stretch of road, that 17 miles from Jericho to Jerusalem. Jesus chose to use this story to give what he wanted to give to the man who was asking. It's a parable nonetheless, because the Bible says it's a parable. So let's see what morality we can draw from this, okay? So in this story, Jesus uses four characters to convey his message, it seems that we would naturally think that his message is within the context of the four characters. So let's see. Jesus uses the injured man, the the man that's injured, the man that's sleeping. This man is, is a religious kind of guy, but most probably he lives by the rules. He does whatever he wants. He reads the scriptures sometimes. But he makes his life, he makes money, and he just carries on in life, just like the average person. And then we have the priest, the pious religious guy that stands in the temple every Sabbath collecting offerings. And he, when everyone sees him, they say, "Wow, I love this guy." Then we have the Levite. The Levite is from the, the tribe and the lineage of Levi, the one who offers sin sacrifices. And he's the extra cool guy when he's going through the temple. That's a Levite. And then we have the Samaritan. The Samaritan is an outcast. He's a half-breed. He's a dog to the Jew. He's the most hated person by the average Jew. And this Samaritan is also in this story. Now, why did Jesus choose the story? Why did Jesus choose a story? So what we're going to do this morning is we will see three moral lessons, and then we will see why Jesus brought this story. When we look at the context, all right, turn with me to verse 25. When we look at the context, in verse 29, he says, right before the story, verse 30, in verse 29, he says, who? Is my neighbor. It's a question from the lawyer. Who is my neighbor? Now I want you to pause. I want you to look at me. And then I want you to turn around and look at everyone beside you. And you ask the question, who is my neighbor? The person that your eye sees is your neighbor. Who is my neighbor? Great question, lawyer. So we go to verse 25. And behold, a certain lawyer stood up and tempted Jesus, saying, Master, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? Okay? What shall I do to inherit eternal life? Great question, right? This lawyer stands up and he asks Jesus a question. What shall I do to inherit eternal life? From the outset, from the outset, When you see this question, it seems like a fair question, right? A very fair question. Or is it? It seems to be like a very important question. Or should it? In verse 25, we see again, the lawyer stood up, and he tempted Jesus saying this question. This subject of Eternal life. The subject that this lawyer is bringing out to Jesus is not just a hidden subject, in a high subject, a more important subject. True. See, Jesus died, and three hundred years later, three hundred years later, all the churches that were began, that were beginning, that were that that were in existence, they were all talking about. Jesus is teaching. What what did Jesus say about this topic? What did Jesus say about this topic? And this topic about eternal life was one of those questions that were bothering these people or Jesus followers 300 years later. And about 330 years later, the emperor of Rome, Constantine, stands up. And he goes, he wakes up from a sleep. And he goes, Ah, Tetela Morin, me come up Christian. Aste a Christian. Aste Mal Jesus followers. us. But now Tetela Morin, Constantine wakes up and he says, I had a dream. I'm a Christian. So he goes out and he says to all the churches that were in his region, all the churches in his empire. He goes, I want to talk to all the pastors. All the bishops, all the elders, I'm going to talk to you. They are all afraid. Why? Because I stay and kill him all. I stay and me cut him neck and I stay and persecute him all. But I tell him I'm going to kill him. I'm to talk. I'm to So he brings them all, brings all the elders, brings all the pastors, brings all the bishops, and he says, I'm a Christian. Join me. Some join, some walk away. All right? As they joined, he said, Now I'm a Christian. Everyone in my empire, the Roman Empire, are Christians. I'm a Christian. I'm a Christian. You stop nowhere, Rome, Christian. You stop nowhere, Italy, Christian. You stop nowhere, Jerusalem, Christian. Everyone is a Christian if you lived in Rome, in the Roman Empire. And if you went against the Roman Empire, they will persecute you. And there were Christians, Jesus followers, who went against. The Roman Empire, and they were persecuted. But the the very important thing this morning is this question of eternity, this question of eternal life, this question of everlasting life. Rome stood up with Constantine, and they said, "Constantine said, anyone who wants to go to Rome uh, to, to heaven must come first to Rome, and come through me." All right, you see how it's been twisted? Okay, we're going to go back here. But as soon as he made that Eric, as soon as he made that neck block and let me him, all get the pasta behind me, now out in to talk? Or man, go to heaven, must come put in money, now bow down you, now kiss the finger on you, now I to heaven. That was established. 330 plus years after Jesus died. Same question, same question. This Lamani asked him this question, this Lamoni. Eternal life was sold and bought by those who controlled that time. All right? There are two things wrong with this question. Let's have a look at this. Verse 25. And behold, a certain lawyer stood up, and he tempted Jesus, saying, Master, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? I'm sure at this point you've already picked up those two things that are wrong, okay? I'm sure about it. One, it comes from a very sinful, conniving heart. He tempted Jesus. He tempted Jesus. He wants to ask a question so that Jesus can give a wrong answer. Now, only can put him blame again on a false teacher, and they can kill him as quick as possible. See, every time when someone has an intent that is ill, the questions and the words that they come out from their mouth always gives away the sinful heart that a question is born out of first thing we must know and do is confess that we are a sinner. He didn't look at himself as a sinner, but he stood there proud and he tempted Jesus with a question. The number two thing that is wrong with this question is, eternal life is non-meritorious. You cannot work for eternal life. One cannot do anything for eternal life. The human heart is wired to the point where we want man to praise us, right? And if man doesn't praise us, by me, okay? That's how our heart is, is tuned. That's how the human is. Every time we want to see someone do good, someone achieve a lot, and we applaud them for their efforts. But when it comes to eternal life, it is non-meritorious. Eternal life cannot be worked for. Man in not go to heaven, and will not walk, not make him walk, Go good passing, the go to heaven, no god, no, no got true. And must believe. You must have a little. We know that he must believe. Alright? But this guy is asking that question. What shall I do to inherit eternal life? What shall I do? And so we can ask him that question. So, what will you do? This point, we know the answer, right? Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. We know. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. He must believe. We know that. Okay? So we here can ask him, What will you do to have eternal life? All right? So, Jesus answers him this way in verse 26 He said unto him, What is written? in the law. What's written in the law? What does the Bible say in the Old Testament? What does it say? How do you read it? How read us that? Jesus is saying to him, book Bible talk when I'm saying." How is I reading this now? Is I read him one by time, two by time, three by time? Okay. This guy is a lawyer. He knows the Old Testament. He knows the first five books. Just from the back, like the back of his hand, he knows it. He can quote verse by verse by verse by verse, word by word by word by word. word. He knows it. And Jesus is asking him, what does the law say? How do you read it? And his answer, verse 27. And he, the lawyer, answered and said, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, with all thy strength with all thy mind and thy neighbor as thyself. This guy is quoting Deuteronomy 6.5, Leviticus 19.18. Emissar is quoting it. This is Jesus' answer to him, verse 28. And he said unto him, Thou hast answered right. Well done, well done, you have answered the right, Answer. So, in other words, the answer to your question, you have answering. Me agree. One time, answer to you. That's what Jesus said. Answer to you, am straight. One time, question to you. answer to you. Maritime question to you. To clap a mass, am straight. You got wrong on this law. And Jesus told him this. This do. And thou shalt live. Ha! This do, and thou shalt live. Is is Jesus talking about works to have eternal life? We'll find it out. Okay. This do, if you do this, you will live. Jesus' words. The implications of Jesus' words are that the lawyer doesn't do these things. Jesus is telling him, in fact, you don't do these things. You don't do them. You study it, you memorize it, but you have never done what you are telling me. You don't do it. Those are the implications of Jesus' words when he said, this do and thou shalt live. See, he doesn't have eternal life. Therefore, the works that he is questioning for or asking about is not coming out. The natural tendency for a sinner at this point, this guy, should be Lord, sorry. making study. go school. But, Lord, I don't do these things. It's hard for me to do it, Lord. I don't. I can't. I cannot. But that was not what his response was. All right? The lawyer's response is the typical response of any human. He had a need. He asked for help was given the direction, yet in his mind, he did not accept the information given, assuming that everything was okay to him and with him. He didn't need Jesus' directions for his life. Verse 29. The lawyer willing to what's the word? Justify. Okay? This is what the lawyer is doing. Okay, now I'm a lawyer. I know God's word. In fact, I can quote Genesis. Yes, I do all the good things in the whole world. I don't need Jesus' words. Who is he? He's from Galilee. Nothing good ever comes out of Galilee. Verse 21-29. So he's willing to justify himself. Mm. Jesus, who is my neighbor. Mania, I mean, pull up over here. And pull up. Paddy mani me awesome. Paddy mani awesome, you talk, talk straight, only pull up on here. I'll give him answer, all right? He willing to justify himself to Jesus, he asks this question, who is my neighbor? Please turn around and see the person next to you. I want you to see the person next to you. I want you to see the people around you, look around you and see. You are my neighbor. I am your neighbor. Let's not forget that. It is important. It is important. Then he asked that question, and we come to verse 30, the parable itself. So the priest, verse 31 The priest takes a walk down the road going towards Jericho. He's a priest. He he gets his donkey and he's going, he's he's cruising down and he goes, and he goes around this way and he walks his merry way and he goes. That's the priest's story. That's That's the priest. That's how the Bible tells us that's what happened, okay? Verse 31, and by chance, and by chance, there came down a certain priest that way. And when he saw, he passed by on the other side. That's, that's it. That's the narration for a priest. And he come down, and me look, look, Let me tell him, Now me whoo, go upside. What does this give us? It gives us the first point. What's mine is mine. I will not give it to you even when you need it. What's mine is mine. I will not give it to you even when you need it. That's the priest. That's the guy. Let me come. and we look him. It was by chance. It's an opportunity. He came. He looked. And he said, ah, megalithic wine, megalithic medicine, no, he didn't have time to think about all those things. When he looked, he knew, he quickly calculated everything, he passed on by, and he walked. What's mine is mine. I will not give it to you even when you need it. By chance, he was there. The opportunity was set before him. But he walked away from it. There was need. There was need. He saw the need. He recognized him. The Bible says he saw him, but he ignored him. He passed by. See, many times in our lives, God places before us the opportunity to showcase his love. Many times God places before us the opportunity to showcase his mercy. Many times God places before us the opportunity to showcase his kindness. Many times God places before us the opportunity to showcase His goodness. Yet, out of the greed of our hearts, we ignore the need and we walk away. Proverbs 3, verse 27 to 28 says this Withhold not good from them to whom it is due, when it is in the power of thine hand to do it. Say not unto thy neighbor, Go and come again, and tomorrow I will give it to you, when thou hast it by thee. My friends, the priest gives us one of the mindsets that we see in this world. and The mindset is the mindset of greed. What's mine is mine. I will not give it to you, even when you need it. And then we come to the next person. The next person is the Levite. He's the Levite. So when we began this story, we didn't talk about how this man got there in the first place, right? So let's bring that in the story. This guy, I don't know whether he's going up or whether he's coming down from the road. But he was robbed. He was robbed. And he was not only robbed, he was beaten severely. The Bible says half dead. He was beaten severely. He was wounded. They probably stabbed him. They cut him. And when the Bible says half dead, that means that he is going to die in the next hour or so. He is losing blood. Very critical condition. This guy is half dead. His past life going towards death. Okay? And so, this guy he has been beaten He's going to die, and the first guy comes, looks at him, sees the need, but walks away from him. And then we have the Levite. The Levite comes, Levite comes, and the Levite comes to the place, look at verse 32. And likewise, just like the first one, likewise a Levite, when he was in at the place, came and looked on him and passed by on the other side. Let's look at it carefully. This Levite, he came to the location of this man. There is the man lying down, half dead, losing a lot of blood, in a critical condition. He is going to die soon. And the priest walks past him and now the Levite comes. Levite looks and The Levite walks to the location of the need. The Levite goes, the Levite looks at him, and then the Levite, after doing his calculations, walked away. You know, one time, he down, God. he walks away from him, he walks away from him. He was at the place he saw. And he inspected. He came and he looked at him. You know, he is telling us the next mindset of the world. What's yours is mine. I will take it by any means possible, even if it means to kill you. That's this guy. So he comes to the place and he Looks at him. The idea here is he comes to him and he checks. Wallet, wallet okay? bag, the money and go pinese. He looked, what's there that I can grab from this man that is dying? What's there? He checks him, he looks at him for his own good, not for his good. He checks it out, there's nothing good for me, nah, there's nothing, is maybe I'll just get these socks. Yes, he takes the socks and he goes. What's yours is mine. I will take it by any means possible, even if it means to kill you. He was there at the place, he saw, he inspected. When he came, he, he came and looked at him. He probably checked the injured man's pockets. And found out that everything was stolen. And then he walks away his merry way. He ignored. He ignored and he passed by. You see, this guy's ignorance is not like the first guy's ignorance. The first guy from a distance ignored. This guy, after checking the incident, after checking him out, ignored him. Ignored to help him. And he walks away. And the third guy, I'm sorry. He ignored him and he walks away. This is the spirit of entitlement. What's yours is mine. I will take it by any means possible, even if it means to kill you. It reminds me of a container truck. There was a container truck that was going up two-mile hill, okay? Okay. So this continent truck was going up two-mile hill, and for some reason, the truck tipped over. The cemetery trailer tipped over. It tipped over, and this is two-mile hill, okay? It tipped over, and the first guy on the scene stands there and says, ha, nice. Everyone comes, and he goes, wait, 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 wait. Wait wait, past time, wait past time. Me, comes from about two miles. Look, look past time. So he goes comes, ball cutter comes, he gets the ball cutter, and he cuts it open. And he's the first one to go in, he comes out and he goes, ah, coke, ah, biscuit, ah, beer. He's very happy. And he, he takes it. And the 200 guys that are standing there, they had the chance of their lifetime to change the situation. A very who chance blown all talks mania? Put those things back. They're not yours. You're stealing. But when he goes, Why I got these things, why I got these things, why I got these things, they all said, Okay. So the container door is wide open. In ten minutes' time, there's nothing in the container. Everyone in Tumanil gets everything. And they're so happy. So they're so rejoicing. And on Facebook, they put, God has blessed us. That that week, there was a big debate on Facebook. Was this right? Is this right? Is this wrong? There was a big debate. And the voice of Papua New Guinea was this. The voice of Papua New Guinea. The voice of PNG is this. The government steals millions of kinas. This is just a biscuit. Kiss him That's the voice. Everyone that spoke, spoke like that. This is just a biscuit. This is just a Coke. This is just a, a cigarette packet. This is just something. i to AI, insurance by buying. Kiss him, amigo. Garments are still in It sounds right, right? But it's not right. It is not right. It is not right. The forum in FBO was hot that week. And the minds and hearts of the entire population was, they are right in taking what is not theirs. My friend, that's the spirit of entitlement. What's yours is mine. I will take it by any means possible, even if it means to kill you. This is my electorate. This is my seat. I will sit upon the mountains of the congregation in the sides of the north. I will ascend to the heights of the clouds. I will be like the most high. That's Lucifer. And the spirit of entitlement destroys Lucifer and sends him to this earth. And many human beings carry the same spirit to take what does not belong to them and think it belongs to them. My friends, if it's not yours, it's not yours. If it doesn't belong to you, it doesn't belong to you. What's yours is mine. I will take it by any means possible, even if it means for me the source. And he brings him to the inn, and he takes care of him. He sits up all night so that the guy could be well in the morning. On the morrow, the next day, he departed. Before he departed, he took out two pens, and he gave them to the host, and he said, Please, take care of him. Whatsoever thou spendest more, when I come again, I will repay you. Look at the heart. Look at the heart of the Samaritan. He gave two pens. In the morning, he wakes up and he sees the guy, he's not better. So he gives more. Two months more worth. He's noted down. So when I come again the next time, I will repay you. A complete package for carry. Verse 36. Now, which of these three thinkest thou was neighbor unto him that fell among the thieves? Jesus' question. So we've, we've had the story, all right? You heard the story, lawyer. The first man came, didn't help. He walked away. The second man came. He went to check for what he needed, what he thought he should get from this guy. He found nothing, so he walked away and didn't help. But lawyer, the third the, the guy comes, and the third guy goes, and he spends his wine, spends his, his, his water, spends his everything, and takes that guy and puts him in a driver's seat, and he walks with him with a donkey. And not only that, but he, he, he gets in, he pays for everything, and the next day he pays for two more months worth of care for this guy. Lawyer, who is the neighbor? Jesus has this question. Who do you think was a neighbor to him? The moral of the story, the moral of the story. So, what does the story teach us? We must be charitable. Give to every man that which he needs. We must be content. Don't hoard blessings. Be a conduit, not a container. We must be compassionate. Like this, Samaritan. See, we discover today the three life principles that men generally live by without knowing. What's mine is mine. I will not give it to you even when you need it. What's yours is mine. And I will take it from you. Even if it means to kill you. And what's mine is thine. I am willing to share it with you because you need it. But is that, is that all there is to this story? Is that all there is to this story? What's the point? What's the point? Is the point the moral lessons from this? Is that the point? These are good moral lessons. These are good morals to display as characters, Especially the last one. They help guide us in life. Communities, families benefit from such persons who are very compassionate. But we will do wrong. We will do injustice if we just stick to that topic. We will do injustice to the scriptures, to God if we hold on to the moral teachings of the good Samaritan. That's social gospel. That's social gospel. And that's the most dangerous thing in Papua New Guinea right now. Social gospel. If we are not careful, we will preach the good Samaritan and forget the gospel. If we are not careful, we will preach what he has done and elevate that and forget the man saying the story. Jesus. PNG is going down that road. They elevate, they elevate the good Samaritan, but not the savior that's telling the story. That's social gospel. It is good. We must help. It is good. We must have good morals. It is good that we must be kind. We must be charitable. We must be loved, lovely. It is good. But that is not the heart of the message this morning. Many make this their evangelistic campaign. Let's be healthy. Let's be wealthy. Let's be prosperous because that's what Jesus wants us. That's half the story. That's not even close to the gospel that Jesus is pointing out here. But the question here in verse 25 is, again, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? So in closing, let's tie this together. What does a story have to do? with the question of eternal life. What does the story have to do with this? Verse 37 and verse 38, he says, which is the one that did the right thing? And the lawyer said, he that showed mercy on him. And Jesus said, go and do likewise. You go and you do likewise. There are two questions that we must answer in closing. What is that Jesus wanted the lawyer to do? What was it that Jesus wanted the same as you do for yourself? All right? Thou hast answered right. This do, and thou shall live. Question one. Next question. What is that Jesus wanted the lawyer to do? But a certain Samaritan, as a surgeon, he came, and he saw this man, and he had compassion on him. And he went to him, he bound his wounds, he poured oil and wine, and he set him on his own donkey. And he brought him to the inn, and he sat all night like a mother breastfeeding a baby. took care of him, and he wakes up in the morning, and before he leaves, he pays two months worth of rental, and he tells this guy, take care of him, like I have, I have taken care of him. Give him everything that he needs, and if you spend more, I will come again, and I will repay. you." Lawyer, go and do likewise. Alright? Go, and when you spend, you spend more to your neighbor. Don't stop. Don't stop. In fact, in fact, in fact, in fact, the, the words that the lawyer said to Jesus in answering in verse 25 is the Hebrew Shama. Every lawyer, everyone recites this twice a day. Every Jew since God gave this command thousands of years ago. Deuteronomy 6, 4 to 9. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord, and thou shalt love. The Lord thy God. Love. That's the same love that you love God and to love your neighbor. All right? In Leviticus 19, verse 18, thou shalt not avenge nor bear any grudge against the children of the people, but thou shalt love, same love, thy neighbor as thyself. I am the Lord. He's saying this is my stamp. My stamp of approval, you love your neighbor. Let me take a in verse 5. Ye shall therefore keep my statuses and my judgments, which if a man do, he shall live in them. I am the Lord. The word love and the word live have the same idea. It means continual, continual, and continual. It means every day, every day, and every day. The Hebrew word for love is, in the Shama, is ahav. The Greek translation will be agapos, which means a continual outflow of unbiased, unselfish, genuine, pure, love. And God said if a man do he must continually live by this. Question in closing can a man live all his life in this kind of love? Jesus told the lawyer this do and thou shalt live signifying to the lawyer that he doesn't have eternal life And he has never done the loving that he is talking about. Can a man live all his life and love this kind of love? So the question remains, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? And the answer should be nothing. Absolutely nothing. The good deeds are an outflow of God's life through Jesus Christ our Lord in our lives. As we read and meditate in his word, we become more like Jesus and our lives begin to show and showcase to the world his nature and his character. So you cannot show the world what you don't possess, This lawyer, he wanted to show the world what he didn't process. He didn't process eternal life. And his question came in how he was thinking about how to attain eternal life by doing stuff. The things that he was doing, he was never obeying the commands of God by continually doing it daily. It has to be done. How can man, eternal, man gain eternal life? Man cannot. It's impossible. Nothing, absolutely nothing can man do to gain that life that God is talking about God's life. God's life. So the man in his story, the man in his story, the man in his story, he, the man in his story was asking a question which he himself wanted the answer for. And so we're all here this morning, and we know the answer, right? We think we know the answer. The answer is, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And the answer is, to, to, to attain eternal life, to get eternal life, men must believe. We know the answer. Let's not be like the lawyer, who has heard the answers, who has memorized the answers, but refused to bow down to the man who gave the command and says, Lord, I only do this once a day. I I only do this once in a year. My heart is full of envy, strife. My heart is full of greed. He could have just broken down at that point and said, sorry, Jesus, I cannot do this. I cannot keep this command. I cannot, because no one has ever kept that command. I'm sorry. We need to be like the man who beat his chest and said, Lord, forgive me a sinner. Forgive me a sinner. We will come to the next part of this, um, this message in next week's sermon. But I'd like for you to read through the parable once again. There's a lot more in the parable that will teach us and help us in our lives as a Christian believer this morning. Let us all bow our heads and let us pray. Father in heaven, Lord, we thank you for this parable. Lord, we in our sinful flesh may say, I'm not like that man. But Lord, help us to beat our chest. Help us to cry and say, Lord, forgive me, for I have not kept your word. Forgive me, Lord, for I have not been as the good Samaritan. As a Christian, it is my duty to love. It is commanded of me to love those who are within the body, my brothers and sisters in Christ. It is commanded of me to love my neighbor. Who is my neighbor? Lord, the person that is next to me. How can I love him? should love him just the same way as I love myself. Thank you, Lord, for your word. Thank you, Lord, for speaking to my heart this morning. Lord, I have failed you in many ways. I have not been the lovable person that I should Help me, dear Lord. Firstly, to love you more. With all my heart, my mind, my soul, my strength. And then to love my neighbor. Yes, I love you. Thank you, Lord, for the body of Christ here this morning. Lord, I pray and ask that may you bless each family. I commit, Lord, every head of the family into your hands. Every father. That, Lord, they may follow you. That, Lord, they may be as the head. That, Lord, they may love the the church, the wife, the family, how you love the church. Lord, I pray for all the mothers here this morning. Give us, the mothers, a heart full of compassion, love, and strength, and courage, and boldness. I commit all the families in your hands, Lord, this morning. All the children, Lord. Father, may you speak to every child this morning that, Lord, they may exemplify also your love, your life and your love. Father in heaven, I thank you for everyone here this morning and those who have not come. But, Lord, they may hear the sound of my voice through the message that's going to be broadcasted. Lord, I pray and I commit them into your hands. Help us all, Lord, to love you. Because the measure of our love will be displayed on our love for the person that is next to us. For your honor and glory.